you have intents of growing a podcast or email list, a virtual conference is a great vehicle to help you do that. Hey friends, welcome back to the Christian Podcaster. As always, this is the official podcast of Christian Podcasters Association. I am your host, Eric Nevins. I'm deeply grateful that you are here. You're listening to this episode. It's going to be a great one. I promise you. We are going to talk about community. Step number seven on our long uh, roadmap of building your online audience through podcasting is building a community. Why? Because that is how you draw people in and you really serve them. You create something that's bigger than you. They can serve each other. And it's really, really powerful. How do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different ways, but one of the key ways is to do a virtual event, a virtual uh, event where you can bring people and really give them a whole ton of value at once, having a shared experience. Our guest believes that virtual events are one of the best ways to grow your podcast, or your business, and uh, she is ready to help you do that as well. I'm actually going to help her with a with an event here coming up next week. Her event, we're going to talk all about that. Our guest is Jen Klein. Jen, welcome to the Christian Podcaster. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for having me. And I love what you said about community, the shared experience. I, that's just, that's so good. That's exactly what we're all about. Isn't that what draws us together though? Like you think about it, I think about this all the time with, with the internet, right? Because one of the things that, is sort of, even though we live in a marvelous time when you can get all kinds of content that is exactly what you like, the lack of shared experience is a bit of a problem, right? And so I think about how do we create more of those? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I love it. And the internet is the way I, I believe, certainly. I, one thing I love is that it's cross borders, right? It's cross genres. It's cross all kinds of different, otherwise things that would otherwise be boundaries, um, which is really great. So I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that. Okay. So I've introduced you as like, you're the virtual event lady, right? That's what we're calling you now, Jen. Okay. Uh, so, so you tell me, uh, how did you discover really the power of virtual events initially? And just kind of tell us that story. Yeah. Okay. So I had this friend, I started a blog in 2015. I was, I was going to be a blogger, but I am not a blogger. So that didn't go okay. very far. <laughs> Um, but in that process, I met a friend and she said, Hey, Jen, you know, it would be so cool if we could go to a Kidman. We were, we we're children's ministry bloggers. We, if we could go to a Kidman conference and promote our stuff and yes, I would love that, but it was expensive and there's kids at home and you know, the excuses she's like, I know we're going to do a virtual conference. And I was like, no. <laughs> emphatically decisively no we're not doing that but can you can you imagine the tech behind that that was that was my original thought and i knew that was going to fall on me that tech side so uh -huh. she let it go but she came back to me and she's like hey we're gonna do that conference and, you know i okay okay if you say so so we did we hosted our first virtual conference on facebook it was a I don't know if it was a Facebook page or a Facebook group or something. And she scheduled all the posts and people went live. And do you know what I walked away from that saying? <gasps> I met really cool people. And it was mm -hmm. motivating for me. It was the relationships. So we're like, okay, let's do it again. And we did. 
But we had a platform this time, not Facebook. We had a plan this time. We still cobbled some things together. We happened to do it in February of 2020. So, you know, just before <laughs> conferences were like, or virtual conferences were the thing. Right. Um, and I walked away saying, wow, I met so many more amazing people. That was so cool. I loved the community and the energy that came from that. And yeah. that is how I started to love virtual conferences. Um, yeah. Okay. So this spring raises a really interesting issue too, I think about virtual conferences. I think obviously they were, we did one, we did one back in 2021. Right. Yeah. And uh, because I was like, Hey, that's the way we can, we can get together. Uh, and it was kind of the thing to do during COVID, but I think they're still relevant now. What do you think? Absolutely. So if I look at me as one case study, I have special circumstances, special being I'm a mom of five kids and I can't just get up and go to a conference because take, taking five kids, well, I can't take five kids with me and just leaving them with someone is really hard too. Um, mm -hmm. So that's just one case study of one person and why I can't get up and go to an in-person conference. There are people with all kinds of reasons all over the world who are saying the same thing. And, and Eric, that all over the world thing is huge because how many conferences do we talk about that take place right here in the U S or yep. even if they take place in the UK, um, there are still so many people who are not able to access that. And, and we can bring the message of hope that God has placed in us to those people because we have this vehicle of the internet and this, this mode of a virtual conference. Yeah. Okay. So this is why we get along, Jen, right? Because we believe in this thing. I believe for podcasters whether, and for, really for online creators, which is kind of where I think things are starting to go. It's not just podcasters. It's not just YouTubers, right? It's not just bloggers. It's, it's online creators, people who are creating content and communities online. Wow. That's a, that's amazing. But the beauty is that reach. You can reach people literally all over the world. I'm convinced that online content is how the gospel goes out in the 21st century. And one of those ways might be if you were to create an event for your audience, for your podcast, that's a way that you could start something um, that would begin to to build a community, okay, for your audience. We're going to get into how. We'll talk a few, a few of those kinds of things coming up here. Um, how can, so I'm going to ask you this question, like how can you, how can events help podcasters connect to their ideal audiences, like that perfect person for my show? How can, if I did an event, how can I connect them? How does that work? Right. So, you are probably offering some kind of transformation. You have this message of hope that you're giving. So whether the hope is like you can lose weight or you can stay sane while you're staying home raising your kids or you can successfully grow your business through online conferences, whatever message of hope you are giving to your audience through your podcast, um, that message is going to resonate with them. So you put out that message of hope and you collect these like-minded thinkers who mm -hmm. also have that same 
message of hope or that same ideal audience, and maybe their message of hope is just slightly different than yours. They, they, um, I don't know, they, they help people with their nutrition where you help people with their, with their exercise, but you're, you're talking to the same kind of people, the people who want to be more healthy, who want to lose more weight or whatever your specific scenario is. Now, if you bring all of those people together and you say, Hey, let's provide this awesome value for your audience and for my audience and for however many other people's audiences, you have now multiplied your reach to the audiences of all of your speakers and their community. And so now that audience knows about you and the hope that you provide with your exercise tips or your whatever. There's hope after hurt. So many, so many different options. I love that idea. So what I'm hearing you talk about is collaboration, right? It's collaborating Absolutely. with other people. And uh, I love that because this is one of the things I love about online business, right? So I was always raised to believe that business means competition. And I don't really like, like, I'm okay. Sometimes I'm maybe a little too competitive. We don't have to talk about the risk game over Thanksgiving. It's fine. Um, but the, but in business, like I don't really want to compete to, to win those kinds of things. Like I want to win. I want to, I want to grow, but there's room for all of us. That's what I like about online business. There's room for everybody. So you're, so we can collaborate. We do this with podcasting all the time, right? Uh, you take your people who might otherwise be competitors for your customer's dollar and you bring them together to, to collaborate, to do something. And what happens? Well, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So we all, we all get that exposure and maybe you can't help everybody, but you can help the people in your audience who need something different, connect to a person. And that also is valuable for who has, who can do the thing that they actually need. Right. So valuable. So valuable. You're really, Eric, I've heard you describe this as like a value bomb. Which yeah, I yeah. love that description. <laughs> I have not, I don't know if I've used that yet, but I think I need to. That a virtual conference is like a value bomb for your audience and everybody else's audiences. Yep. I, I do think of it that way because so this comes from there's this is one of those online business principles, right? Um we go to Gary Vaynerchuk or who or whoever. It was really for me, it was people like Michael Hyatt and Cliff Ravenscraft and Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield who uh we're talking about how you serve people, right? Which I think is very, very congruent with the gospel, right? We're serving people, helping people. And sometimes uh, you, then you ask for, Hey, I need, I need a, I'd like a return. Like this is you invest in this thing. Uh, and then you get the, get something else, but you give, 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 give uh, before you ask for more. You serve first. I think it's very congruent with the gospel. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I, I mean, like, isn't that what you want to be? Don't you want to be known as a giver and a server? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what, uh, that's what you can do with your virtual event. You can actually serve. And I love that. I, that, I think I did make that up. You can use it as much as you want, but a value, but I guess it's just <laughs> dropping a whole bunch of value uh, for your audience. Okay. So obviously I think that, uh, podcasters should be doing live events or virtual events for their uh, audiences. But who do you think should be doing virtual events for audiences? Okay. I want to hit, I want to, I want to answer your question. I want to hit what you said 
and we can hit it now or we can hit it in a bit, but okay. I want to hit the live events. Yeah. Part. So, okay. So let's just hold that thought and I'll answer your question. Um, so who do I think should be hosting events? I think that you should be hosting an event if you are a community driven business owner. So if you find the value in bringing a group of people together around a common purpose or a common um, hope or a common struggle, what whatever that commonality is that you bring people together over, I think you should be hosting a virtual conference. Like, period, bottom line. That's what I think you should be doing. Absolutely. Okay. So go back to the live thing. Because yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so you know that how people tell you, you have to draw a line in the sand, right? Uh-huh. I have decided that one of my lines in the sand that I am willing to stand on and I don't know, probably die on is that live events are greater than recorded events. So in the online world, I'm oh, guessing yeah. that you have probably attended a summit and it was pre-recorded. And so what happens is that person works their, works their tail off. They pull together all the people, they pull together all the speakers, they do all the work. I, you know, there's nothing that I would say that is, um, wrong with that. And I would hate to devalue any of that work that they've done because they are providing value. They are providing the, they're serving audiences, they're serving people. Here's where I think I don't want to do recorded events. Because when you are live and you are with someone, whether it's in person or whether it's virtual, and you have that aha moment that, oh, I have never thought about it that way, or a breakthrough in the struggle that you've been having, and you have that with other people, so this common breakthrough experience when you have that with other people, that community mm. is automatically deepened. It is magnetized. So you, we were created to be in community. There, like, there's no denying that God created us to be people who are in community. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. when, so you're automatically drawn to the people you had that breakthrough moment with. So you're, in this community, you have this breakthrough moment, you're craving more of that. You're like, Oh my goodness, I had no idea that this is how I could solve my struggle or, um, speak into my problem. I need, I need to know more. I need to know more. And I want to do it with these people because they had that same moment. They understand where I'm coming from. They had that problem. They had that same aha moment. And that is just magnetic. It just, it pulls people together. Mm. And I love that. So there's love that. my like line in the sand. Live yes. is greater than recorded. I know. I know we had the conversation. I have participated in live uh, or in recorded events and you're right. I never even see anybody. Right. But then people find me maybe and they're like, Hey, I found you this way. Um, but live is very different. Now I was kind of making the distinction between like I, in person versus virtual. Right. Oh, okay. Like so, there's a, there's a, so what language do you use for a, vir, do you say virtual event, a live virtual event? I do. Stream? I typically okay. use the virtual, a live okay. virtual conference or virtual event. Um, that's what I typically use. But, and then it. I use in person for when you're actually 
at and together. And I would never stand up and say that a live virtual event is better than an in-person event because it's not. (laughs) But I think, but I think there are places and spaces where it is a really loving and serving thing to do for you, for your audience, for the speakers that you bring in together. Because it's not just them serving you. It's you providing a space for them as well. Right. And holding space is really tremendously valuable, right? If you can create a space to have those shared experiences, friends, do not sleep on how valuable that is. Uh, You can do this for your audience. In fact, you are doing this for your audience when you're creating your podcast. You're creating a space for people to, to, you're holding a space for them to address, think about, transform an area of their life. Okay. That's huge. That was, that's really huge. Okay. Um, so I, I agree with you. Say it for me one more time because you put it so well, who should be doing it? Anybody who has a community community driven audience. I love it. Okay. Community driven audience friends. If you're a believer, I think you almost, almost have to have one of those, right? Okay. So my next question for you is when is the best time to do a virtual event? And it's kind of two parts. Mm -hmm. One is like, when you think about a year, when's the best time of year to do it? So if you're content planning, it's getting toward the end of the year right now. And people are thinking about when should I do this? When's that? But then also when's the right time in your business podcast, uh, you know, kind of online community building to actually do an online event? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So the best time of year, I think it really depends on your audience. In my particular business, what I see is that February and March seem to be, and really February, seems to be conference season. That's when the conferences that I'm running um, are when I have the most of them, when we're the busiest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you just kind of see the gray days and let's provide something exciting for our audience, something to look forward to. Um, but don't hear me say that you have to run your event in February. Because I think that depending on your audience, um, okay, real life practical example. One of the events that we run in February is a show pig conference. So my husband is like so into pigs and not just (laughs) bacon pigs, but the pigs that you take out and you show with a whip on a show circuit, like a show circuit being a group of shows put together for like right? So many people don't know. Um, We host that conference in February, but that is because it's kind of like the off season for that industry. Um, Our target audience are 4-Hers and 4-Hers are gearing up for their project in February. Um, They're gearing up for their project I don't know that I might not have said that right. They're gearing up for their project that's coming in the summer. So 4-H projects typically happen over the summer. And so by doing right. it in February, we're ahead of the game. We're kind of providing content and help, help and hope for them there. And, and that just goes to show you the broad range of successful virtual conferences because show pigs. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Okay. So, so then good. Yeah. Your second part, when in your business should you be running a conference? I think the answer to that is sooner than what you think. I think that in your business, you are probably have goals of growing an email list because that's how you connect with your people. Um, 
you probably are telling them about your podcast episode in your email list, right? Right. Um, Hopefully. I think that if you have intents of growing a podcast or an email list, that a virtual conference is a great vehicle to help you do that because you're borrowing other people's audiences. You're bringing together all of these people. And so yeah. when you're ready to start growing is when it's time to host a virtual conference. When you're ready to start growing. Okay. So there's a certain amount of seriousness that you've got to have about your event. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Yes. I don't think that if you are just, you know, throwing a podcast out here or there, uh, I don't know that that the yep. work is worth the, so, how did somebody put it just recently? If the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I had not. That was, I was like, oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> right, right, right. Are you going to get enough out of it? Because it's going to be a, quite a bit of work, right? And I think a lot of I people would not. Feel that way. I would never sit here and say, oh, it's so easy. Right. Because there is some work involved, but the benefits are so big. Right. Okay. So you, just like anything, you get what you, what you uh, put into it, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to ask this question. So you think kind of time of year early in the year, sounds like, right? Um, yeah, but what if you're, what if your off season is November? And so the first weekend in November is kind of when the off season of whatever thing you're into or whatever thing you podcast about is yeah, yeah. kind of winding down or slowing down. Or what if you, um, really operate in the school schedule. And so maybe September mm. is the right time when school is kicking off and there's that excitement or energy. It really depends I don't want to say February is the right time for your event. I really want to say, I want you to, I want to communicate that it yeah, yeah, depends yeah. on your audience. When the right time is for what you do. Yep. Right. Right. Think about that strategically. Okay. I like it. Uh, okay. So one of the biggest questions that we get in CPA from podcasters is always the question about how marketing, right? How do I get people into listening to my show, into my, my, my things. And I know that that can be a little bit, um, challenging as well. So, uh, you, how do we get people to our, if we have a small audience, how do we get people to attend our event? And then how can we get enough people to really make a difference and to collect those emails and kind of start to start to grow it? Yeah. So you have to look at your virtual conference, virtual summit, whatever, um, as, how it fits into your overall business plan. And a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times I view your virtual conference as like the top of your funnel. It is the free thing that you're promoting and you're promoting it with a group of people. And so when you bring these speakers together and you're like, hey, I need you to help me promote this thing, it's a lot easier to do that when it's free. Yep. So I typically run on a free to paid upgrade. So the live event, all of, and, and all of the content, all of everything that's available to you live is free to attend for anyone. Um, and then if you want any of the recordings, if you want any of the bonuses, a lot of times a speaker will submit a bonus. Like Eric, we talked about you doing maybe some coaching for the people who upgrade mm -hmm. their ticket. Um, so any of those things then are a paid upgrade. So free event to paid upgrade. So in that scenario, you can offer your speakers an affiliate link. And as an affiliate, if they help you promote, 
they get a percentage commission back from any of the the sales that come in from the registrations that they promoted with their unique link. It's actually really easy too to do that stuff. Like there's things, um, there there are soft pieces of software that you can get that are really easy to use that track all that stuff for you. This used to be a thing that was kind of hard to do and you had to you had to know the right kind of things. Man, there's something there's a solution out there for everything now. So like I know um, you know, there's software that you can do. I, it was easy for me to sign up, you know, for your uh, event um, affiliate because uh, I'd already had an account there and I was able to just sign up and get it going and, and share it. So um, sometimes it's just a matter of just like podcasting of knowing which tools to use. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and that's, I want to talk about that in just a minute because I think that the tech can be kind of a big obstacle that people get. It's just like a podcasting, even though uh, when I talk about podcasting, the mechanics, I call it, of podcasting, your mic, your hosting, all that kind of stuff is like the third thing we should think about, not the first thing we should think about, right? Right. Um, because it's, you, those are decisions you're going to make once and you're going to, they're going to just be good to go, right? Like your plumbing, hopefully you never think about it. Somebody set it up one time and and it's good to go. Uh, if you are thinking about this, something's gone wrong, right? That's, that's the issue. Uh, okay. So, Let's come back to tech because I got a couple other questions before before we do that. So, because okay. I want to talk about some of these other things, um, I want to talk about in the event. How do you keep people's attention? I'm really curious about about that. I know that because uh, here's what I see right everywhere: movies, people. If we're watching a movie at home. Everybody's also on their phone, mm-hmm. right? It's no longer. Do you remember when, like, in back in the day, everybody was concerned about people being in front of screens all the time? It was one screen. It was your TV, right? And now it's like everybody's got two screens, or sometimes more going at, at a certain time. It's crazy. So how do you how do you address that inside of your event? Absolutely. So we like to keep our events moving. Um, and you can argue on what the perfect schedule is, or the perfect timeline, or how how you lay out your event. And it really, again. You need to be strategic with your audience. But uh, this just kind of digs into that tech thing, Eric. The platform that we use to host events provides so many opportunities for connections. It's not like Zoom, where you sit down Mm. at your computer and you consume content and you just listen. It's, it's not like that. So you've got the opportunity to chat the entire time the event is going on. And there's multiple places where you can chat. We call, we call it like the hallway chat or mm. where you're chatting to everybody or the specific chat where you're chatting just in the session that you're in. And that's just one small piece. There's a networking piece where when you are in, um, at an in-person conference, you run into somebody or you are standing in line for coffee and you talk to the person behind you for just a couple minutes. There is a piece of this platform that we use that mimics that. Mm. And so, and we keep you moving. So instead of sitting for an hour session, we keep our session shorter, but value packed so that you're walking away with something tangible, something practical that you can implement then in your business or in your uh, ministry or in whatever you're choosing to do. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So you're very intentional about how you set up the events and how you set, set the whole thing up so that uh, you're aware of how people are using it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. 
See, I think that's super smart. Um, it's just the way things are today, right? And so we have to we have to be keeping keeping that in mind. Okay, uh, okay. So we, we're kind of moving towards tech. What are the obstacles that people give you? What are the objections people give you to doing these? Like, what are the things that people go? I could never do an event because. Oh, there's there's plenty of them. So I could never do an event because my audience is too small. But we've already talked about that. You're like collaborating with someone else's audience to help grow your audience and their audience because you're bringing in this person's audience, your audience, and however many other speakers' audiences. Yep. Um, I could. I'm an introvert, and so I could probably never host an event. I just that just doesn't work for me. And there are so many ways that we can work with who you are and make the event feel good for you and not Mm -hmm. fit into a mold of someone else's event. Nothing says that your event has to be three days for, you know, 12 hours a day. That would be an introvert's nightmare, right? (laughs) Terrible idea. (laughs) Well, right. And so, yeah, even doing it a shorter period of time or doing it, setting it up in a way so that there is some intense maybe interaction and then you can have some time off. I love that, that you can customize it to who you are. I mean, everything you should do, you're doing, you should be doing that anyway, but I love that, that that's yeah. uh, fantastic. Okay. Um, uh, can I do another one? Yes, please. I don't have time. I don't, I don't have, I, I, it's just not the right season. And here is what I would want to say to that. I've said that, and it was not the right season for me. And so you have to recognize what is the right season is what is not the right season. But I would encourage you to really consider what if I extended my preparation timeline? Could it be the right season for me if I planned it differently? Instead of trying to cram a virtual conference and all of the prep into three months, what if I stretched it out to six or even nine or even 12? What if knowing I want to have a virtual conference in 2024, but it's got to be, I don't, I don't have the capacity to, to do it fast stretch it out to longer because yeah. here's the, here's the beauty of a virtual conference, Eric. It's just a series of small projects that are linked together and you just have to know that. how to link them. I love that. And that's what you've done, right? You've created the whole, you've taken the whole process, broken it down into easy steps so that you can do it and, you know, t- do one step at a time and, and really create something that is really tremendous. Um, okay. So one of the, one of the uh, things I think people are get overwhelmed by is the technology, right? Is like, mm-hmm. how do I do that? Um, seems to be a pretty big obstacle to me. So what tools do you find that are useful? So I have a tech stack as mm-hmm. people would call it that I like to use. Um, but I would not say that that's the end all be all that you can run your conference in a lot of different ways. So I have a good friend who runs like a 10,000 registrant. So she had 10,000 registrations at her event this fall through Kajabi and the entire thing was hosted on Kajabi. Um, and I bet that resonates. Are you a Kajabi? You're a Kajabi user. I'm a Kajabian. Yeah. I love Kajabi. I, I thought so. Um, So I personally have a WordPress website and I have a template. So I just have a template website. And when I'm ready to start a new event, I copy that template website 
and drop it into a brand new website. And now I'm not starting from scratch anymore. I have all the pieces in place. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go building things. Um, so I start with the WordPress website. I link that together with my email service provider. So active campaign is what I use, but I know ConvertKit is really popular. There's a lot of them. Yep. Um, and then, like I said, it's just a matter of linking. It's just a matter of linking. And so you probably need a cart platform. Thrivecart is what I use. And yep. finally, like the sweet sauce, the special, the special thing that I really like and the place that I think that this live comes alive is in a platform called Ring Central. Now it used to be called Hopin. So Hopin was the platform that I used and it sold in August in the middle of one of my conferences. That was oh, no. like, whoa, what's happening? Oh. And it's now called Ring Central Events. And so I'm working on using the appropriate name. Uh-huh. Ring Central is the platform that that I really like, that I, I I know well, and I know how to help you set up for what it gotcha. can do and what you can do with it. I like it. And so that's the one where you're doing the chats and all the yes. other kinds of things. I love it. Okay. So what I love about what you just did there is you walked us through all the different pieces, right, from your website and your cart. And, and friends, don't let any of this intimidate you, right? Like, I will never forget. It took me months to decide to like take payments for something. This is very early in my entrepreneur journey. I had Stripe set up in 15 minutes. You know, you know what I mean? I was like, wait, oh, that's all it takes. That's all I had to do. A lot right? of this is like that, right? You get yes. a little afraid of it and then you go, well, actually, if I just do it and focus on it a little bit, um, it's super easy to, to set up. And, that's so cause true. Because they're, they're invested in it being easy for you as well, right? Right. I love it. Okay. So those are all good. I wanted to ask about the mindset of, because one of our pillars is mindset, right? How we think about different things. And I think the mindset going into an event is pretty important, is pretty, um, maybe is make or break too strong. It's pretty, it's pretty like, it's going to help you with your, with your results. Um, so what, is the mindset you give to your creators as you're helping them create an event. And then um, along with that, I think is a question tied, like what's the realistic, realistic expectation for results? What kind of results have you seen people be able to accomplish? Absolutely. Okay. Mindset. This really hits something like a soapbox that I stand on frequently is how important it is that our thinking is grounded in the truth. And so when we are letting, if you imagine your life as a train and you've got the truth and your thinking and your emotions, you have to let the truth be the engine of that train. You have to let the truth be driving the thinking and then driving the emotions. And if that gets out of order, if your emotions, I feel like this and you start letting that become the engine of your train, your mindset, you've just lost control of it because it's not founded on what's true. Mm -hmm. And so that has to sit the same with a virtual conference. When you are getting ready to host a virtual conference, when you make that decision, okay, I am going to host a virtual conference in 2024. You have to 
focus that thinking on what is true. And here is where, here's what I have found invaluable is that you have someone outside of yourself helping you remember what is true. That you are not going at that by yourself. So whether that's a coach, whether that is somebody specially designed to help you with a virtual event like me, whether that is your VA, because she completely gets the ins and outs of your business and you have that kind of relationship where she can speak that truth into your life. I think that the mindset has to be that I am not doing this by myself and I'm not allowing myself to get my train out of order. Yeah, does that, absolutely. Does that make sense? I think so. Absolutely. That's really brilliant. I think it's really good. Okay. So what's a realistic expectation for results then? If you're you're making sure we get it all kind of in order, you're not doing it alone. What happens to what have you seen happen to people's businesses when they do online events? I know. It's so cool. It's so amazing to think about what what an online event can do for a business. So if you want to take a case study, the show pig conference is a good one. <laughs> We'll come back I to love that. that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so the show pig conference started with an email list of zero and an audience list of zero and a reach of zero, but an understanding of a real and genuine need and a real and genuine desire to help meet that need and provide that transformation. And so the show pig conference went from this big fat zero to an email list of 1200 over the course of three and a half weeks, because they were promoting this virtual conference, this hope bomb or this value <laughs> bomb as you described it. I like it. Yeah. Um, and they brought in a five figure income, um, low five figures, but yeah, still five figures. And there are conferences that bring in way more than a five figure income. And if you're thinking about how can I truly capitalize on a virtual event, you really need to have the, wow, this was amazing. I loved this transformation. When your audience asks what's next, yep, you have it ready for them. So you have that next offer ready for them and you say, yeah, this was amazing. You're totally capable of this. You can do this. Let me help you. Here's how I offer coaching, one-on-one one -on -one coaching, or here's my membership, or here is my, here is my um, group program or my high ticket offer or my podcast that mm. will continue our conversation. Here's my Facebook community that will help us continue this conversation. You need to be anticipating the, this was amazing. What's next? Comment. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because that's always the thing that people feel right at, at an event is, Oh, I love this. This was so great. I want to keep going. How do we keep going? And so you got to be ready to capitalize on that. Um, one of my, one of the people I follow, Rich Litvin says enthusiasm has a half-life, right? Okay. So, you, you want to have something right away for people to offer people and to give them to, to jump in and, uh, and dive into. And that does not mean it has to be a product or something that you're going to sell to them, right? It could be, 
It could, it could be. also it could also be a community, um, and maybe it should be. If we're honest, like may, maybe it should be because you're not only are you doing all this work, but you're, uh, you know, if we're going to get to a place where you're able to monetize your platform so that you can do more of the work that you are called to do, maybe you need to do that. And so that's a, probably a mindset question we could talk about some other time. Yeah. But um. But it could also be, hey, this I'm starting this Facebook group, right? I'm starting this community that I want to keep going. So depending on where you are and what your goals are to get out of your, for your business, there's a lot you can do, right? There's a lot you can do uh, if you're ready for it. So all of that. Okay. Um, so that's fantastic. How do people feel after they do these events with you and they see some of these results and they see their email list grow and their client list grow and they feel like this com- sense of community has really grown. How do they feel? What's the, what's, what do they get out of it? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be honest. When you first asked that question, I'm like, they feel tired because. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> they, you that's do good. like, I'm not, I wouldn't lie and say, Oh yeah, no, you feel tired because you are expending a lot of energy in a short amount of time as you yep. are putting on this conference, this event and connecting with the people. Um, how do they feel when they recognize what they have accomplished collectively with this group of people? Um, I think they feel gratitude. I think they feel some gratitude for the people who came alongside them and helped and said, yeah, I believe in what you're doing and I want to get in front of your audience. I believe in what you're doing. And I think this is really cool. Can I, how can I help you? So they feel gratitude. Um, And I would be remiss to say that they didn't feel a little bit of pride in the, wow, God, look at what you have accomplished through this thing. Look at how now I have the opportunity to share my message of hope with these many people instead of this smaller number that I started Mm. with. Yeah. Wow. Look at how, look at how I get to offer this hope. It's the best word I've got for it. Hope for yeah. your problem. I, yeah, absolutely. I think gratitude, excitement, tired, and 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 gratefulness. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I love, if I'm going to be tired, I want to be tired because I've spent my time serving the right people, right? Because wow. I spent my time with others in, in the way, making disciples, helping people find their voice. That's what I want to do. I want to help. That's what, that's what I do with podcasters every day. But that is the thing, right? If you're going to be tired, be tired, doing the right things, serving the right people. Um, and getting, getting to the right place. So I think that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Jen, I love it. So of course we've kind of been alluding to this, but you're doing an an event for people who want to do events, right? You're, you're doing a virtual event and my friends, you can be part of it, of course. So Jen, tell us about the best way to reach there to reach for people to kind of follow up with you. If they want to learn that they go, Hey, look, that sounds amazing. Even friends, even if you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready or I don't know if it's the right time. Just come to the event. Uh, Cause you, the tickets free. Right. So Jen, tell us more about where people can, can do that. Right. So you can register for the event at virtualconferencehost.com. So Pretty easy, virtualconferencehost.com, because I want to help you become a virtual conference host. It is the space and the place where you can become that person. Um, Okay, so here's what you're going to walk away with. You are going to walk away with 
Do you remember how I said that your virtual conference is a series of projects, small projects that are linked together? You're going to walk away with some practical first steps of some of those projects already completed because I have asked the speakers to make their sessions super applicable and super interactive. And so you are you are going to walk away equipped already. You're going to be challenged in how you're thinking about your conference. You're going to be encouraged in the the testimonies of people who have hosted conferences and why they keep coming back and hosting them again and again, why they are repeat conference hosters. Um, and you're going to become part of a community. So you're going to have that shared common breakthrough of, oh, I can do this for my people. I can do this. And you're going to want more because you're going to want to stay connected. Absolutely. And those kind of communities are really priceless, right? When you down the road, when you are doing your event and you have questions and you can ask a question and people can go, oh, I, this is how I solved that problem. And maybe lots of people solve that problem differently and you'll get some, some ideas and you can find the one that works for you. So I love that. Okay. So again, that is where Jen, it's at uh, virtualconferencehost.com. Yep, it is. Okay, great friends. I do have a link cause I'm going to be speaking there. So if you want, if you want to join, I'll put my link in all the comments, all, all the places, wherever I am. And it'll be in the, this episode, the show notes of Christian podcaster as well. You can use that. And that'll be uh, great as well. All right, Jen, this has been really fantastic. We've gone uh, quite a while here. I love that. Thank you. And appreciate your time. I appreciate your enthusiasm and your joy for all this. Uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Can you just leave? What, what do you want to leave us with uh, as we wrap up here? Oh, I want to say that you are capable of creating. You are capable of imaging your creator by creating space for your people to find that transformation, that hope that you offer them through a virtual conference. I love that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to resist the urge to go on a rant about being a co-creator. We create, we create, we image God, right? We do. We are like God because we create, Oh, it's a, there's, there's a whole rant there. Anyway, I'm not going to go on it because you said it so well, Jen. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. 